0: So today I want to talk about the frustration, the weirdness, and the contradictions of learning one kata from four different sensei, all in the same dojo. Kia welcome to the Invisible Sensei podcast. Karate, Kubudo, judo, jiu-jitsu, whatever the style of preference, we all have our own stories and experiences. We are all our own invisible sensei. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook and YouTube. And again, thanks for taking time to listen. I don't think I was a stupid kid, but I do think I was, let's say, hmm. I was not overburdened by an abundance of in-depth thought. <laughs> let's put it that way. And when it came to learning kata, I guess what I would do is I would learn from the person who was standing in front of me. And if I was standing in front of, let's say, instructor steve i would do it instructor steve's way and then if i was standing in front of instructor stephanie i would do it her way i learned young not to spend too much time worrying about the idiosyncrasies of a particular instructor and by that i mean how one person teaches a technique a kata Uh, In particular, when you have a group of senior practitioners in a dojo, and they all have very different takes on exactly the same material, and it can become confusing, especially if you're moving towards a grading, or especially if you're looking at grades like Shodan and so on, where you're looking to try and Tighten that cutter up a bit Make sure that it's at a place Where you feel comfortable doing it And that it is technically correct Although I don't think I've done A technically correct cutter In my entire life The problem starts when People are trying to Take everything in And trying to decide Well which way is it Trying to decide Is it the absolute left Or is it the absolute right is my foot slightly forward? Is my hand slightly back? Do I stand in the stance? Do I push forward on the front leg? Do I chamber? You know, all those kind of things. And that was evident to me early on in my own instructing experience when I had a group of students who, and I was away, I'd gone overseas and was working away for an extended period of time. So I had students who were training with other sensei within the dojo and they were getting what they felt was conflicting information. And I guess I really think about that and go, is it about conflict or is it about that you're observing a person's take in the way that they've inter- internalised their karate or their martial arts? And They have very set, specific ideas based on their physicality, their demeanour, their physical strength, their flexibility, their physical fitness and all those things. It becomes confusing for the student. And I certainly, I have been there. Although probably I was very lucky, as I said, when I was young, I just learned to shut up and do what I was told. (laughs) Which can be a good or a bad thing depending on what we're talking about. I think the way to view it if I can offer a strategy, is to look at it from the perspective of when you're talking to someone about, or you're seeking instruction, it's important to not filter, but certainly take it in the spirit in which it's meant. So I'll give you an example. I'm 6'4, I have a senior sensei, one of my senior sensei who is, by far the away senior to me, doing karate longer than I've been alive who is equally a big man, uh, bigger than me in fact. And then we've got another wonderful instructor who is probably about 5'9, 5'10, extremely fast, very light on the feet, beautiful technique, but is differing to myself and my senior sensei, and we're all trying to teach the same things. So, if I'm doing a kata, let's say, let's pick kata, let's call it kata A. If I'm practicing kata A and it has a lot of shikodachi in it, then I tend to move into the shikodachi in a way which saves my knees. And that's how I'm learning now, that's what I'm doing now. I tend to like techniques that are about timing and power. I know that I'm a bit of a freight train so I don't move as fast as I would like. I'm, I guess I'm pretty quick for a big guy but I'm not quick for a, someone who's 40 kilos lighter. So what I try to do when I'm teaching the car is teach my take on it. Now it's always a, a difficult thing when you go to someone else's dojo and you're not an instructor there, perhaps you're a guest instructor and people ask you for correction on their kata. I always shy away from correcting other people's kata if they're not a student of mine. What I might do is offer a strategy, an alternate strategy, but I think it's a break in etiquette to correct another sensei student. They're not property but you, know, you can't see what's happening in the class when, they're not, when you're not there. It could well be that that particular instructor has, has told this student to do it in a particular way and they're moving them towards a goal that you can't see because, as I said, you're a guest instructor and don't have that oversight. Then again, there's times when you go to a specific instructor and they will tell you this is the only way that it's done. They talk in absolute and again, I guess you have to use your, I have to use my, you have to use your critical analysis and go, is this making sense? I mean, of course you show respect and you do it the way that you're being instructed, but then later in your personal training, it's kind of a, I guess a chicken chow main dish in the sense that you're picking, I know this is how I eat chicken chow main, <laughs> pick out the chicken and kind of leave the rest, which is a bit of a waste, but I enjoy chicken chow mein so... Hopefully that was a decent metaphor. Point being, you have to decide, and it's part of your training, what works for you, what is technically correct, um, and what suits your frame, physicality and demeanour. And I know I talk a lot about demeanour, but it really is one of those things where when you see certain sensei, they do kata as if they were angry at it. Then you see other kata who's When they practice it, their face is impassive and there's not much going on in terms of visible emotion. And then you see other sensei who practice and they're just like a mill pond. And you get to sort of choose what works best for you. I'm of the opinion that when I try and do kata, I'm trying not to grimace, but I'm trying to be concentrated. I'm trying to have that zanshin, and those are worthwhile things. Whether or not I have that zanshin. I'm not absolutely sure, but every now and then you kind of get closer to it. When you're training with a particular instructor and you're trying to learn a specific set of skills or movements and you've had instruction from someone else in the same door draw, you have to pick and choose. It's a terrible thing to say, but sometimes when you train with people, they can teach you one of the most important lessons, what not to do how not to practice a technique and they may well do it in earnest and believe it's the right way but if it's not the right way for you then continue to practice because that's the best way to figure out these dilemmas is by continuing to practice it's a thing born of experience and any instructor who says they've never experienced that is, for want of a better word what's the technical term of bullshitting we all get confused. We all compare ourselves to each other. I know I certainly do. I watch these incredible practitioners all the time as I love martial arts and, and like anyone who's a little bit of a fanatic, you know, we watch a great <laughs> a great deal of a great deal of our spare time. And it's important also to remember that your practice is your own and that in the formative stages, before you have formed your own take, it's important to copy. It's important to do what you're told. And I know some people have a problem with to anyone else, but it's not about that. It's really about learning a set of skills. And I had a friend of mine who was a singer, and she was an incredible singer. And she would do albums. She would did quite a few albums and so on and so forth, but one of the things that she always did was that when she'd get in the studio, she'd ask everyone in the studio what their opinion was on what she should be singing, and then she would talk to family and friends and other singers and other musicians and so on and so forth, and ask their opinion. And what happened was she took a thousand pieces of advice rather than listening to the one which was really important, which was what was going on in her own mind and her own articulation of what she did, and. I'm not saying go off and make your own style, but I'm saying that if you do your time and you work hard and you listen, watch, practice, you will learn to discern when there is something that you should steal. And I do mean steal. You'll see things and you'll go, gosh, how did that person do that? But every now and then you'll have what my friends call an aha moment. The aha moment is when you go, oh, that makes suddenly makes sense. I had that last week when i was practicing a hekiuke block which is a, a kind of a grabbing block well some people call it kakyuke. and i've been doing that block for i don't know 40 years and suddenly i started to understand it, it was always kind of a, not a throwaway technique but yeah it was just this technique and i had an insight which didn't rock the karate world it's not going to change anyone else's practice but it changed mine and i think that's what it is it's a position of increments, if you can have patience, if you have the patience to continue to ask questions at the right time and in the right way, then you're going to be really lucky and really happy that you waited to ask those questions at the right time because you're going to be able to discern when you look at different instructors your own karate, your own path what you want to do, where you want to go and how you want to do it and that's the path to continue moving forward and it's a shuffling path sometimes sometimes it's a 20 metre sprint it's never a 100 metre sprint, well not for me sometimes it's a shuffle sometimes it's a purposeful stroll sometimes you're standing still It can feel like you're standing still but I think if you look to try and enjoy what it is you do and don't just take the idea that you're having to be a specific instructor, you have to, I know for me in my younger days, there were specific instructors I modelled myself on and I would try and copy them. But now I've gotten to a point where I don't try to copy, I just try to emulate qualities that I like. Whether or not I do that successfully, well, I leave that up to you. But I want to say, don't lose hope if you're in the position of you're getting a lot of good information from a lot of well-meaning people, your seniors. We've all been there, you can do it, (laughs) have a coke, (laughs) sit down, take it in a cup of tea, whatever, and filter through. Take time to make time to understand what it is you're doing and I promise one day you will be the person at the front of the class confusing another up and coming black belt.